Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And today's show is Funny Stories Part 2. Funny Stories Part 1 was me and Laura Pierce. We did it about a month and a half ago, two months ago, and it got a great reception. We got a lot of good feedback from that one. And immediately we heard back from people who said that they wished they'd submitted uh, some of their stories for that episode. So we immediately decided to run it back. So we put the call out about a month ago for some stories, and we got a great response. Thank you to everybody who submitted one. Um, We couldn't choose all of them, that's for sure. Uh, This episode would have been three hours, maybe four hours, if we'd used every single one of them. So don't take it personally if we didn't choose uh, your story. Uh, We do appreciate you submitting them. This episode is a little different than the first in two respects. First of all, it's not just Laura and I. We're joined by our friend, Tasha DeVita, who uh, is, is absolutely hysterical as well. In addition, we have um, the normal format like we did before, where we're, we're going to read some of the stories that you submitted, but we actually alternate between reading stories and playing audio clips that some people submitted. So hopefully that works out. I think it's a nice take. Sometimes it's nice for someone to tell their own story instead of having me butcher the retelling as I read a printout. So I hope you like that alteration. In addition, uh, this show um, is not a uh, is not the clean version of the show that you that you normally hear. There's definitely some curse words, uh, some expletives that are used, and I'm telling you now, in case you happen to listen to this show in the car with your kids or when you're making dinner or anything like that, this isn't for their consumption. Uh, but hopefully, you like it. That's for sure. And um, you know, so Tasha, Laura, uh, and I are all friends. And we kind of treat kind of treat it that way. Uh, we we get a little get a little raw on occasion in some of this episode. I hope you like what you hear. That's for sure. And if you do, who knows? Maybe we'll run it back again. Um, but needless to say, I hope you like this episode with me, Laura Pierce, and Tasha Devita. All right, I am now on the phone with Tasha and Laura. Thank you so much for joining me for part two of the funny running stories. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi. All right, we're we're laughing already. We haven't even done any of the stories yet. Um, obviously, oh, oh, so this is great. This is going to be so good. Um, so we are, uh, Tasha's snorting. Laura's laughing. We've we've already done the pre-show prep. We've already read the stories. We can't wait to get into it. First of all, thank you to everybody who sent in stories. We actually got so many. I received a story like 10 minutes before we started recording this, and that was a good one, too, from Maria. Maria, thank you for sending that along. Um, but we actually got so many stories that we can't read them all, can't uh, play them all. Um, actually, this time around, we have audio recordings and stories that we'll be reading. So we're kind of alternating back and forth between each of them. And thank you so much for sending them in, which is great. Uh, the first episode of this got a great response, and now I have an additional co-host, Tasha. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This is your first appearance on the Rambling Runner podcast, but you're part of the fam, so I appreciate you coming in. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, with that said, I don't think that you um, are appreciating this a whole heck of a lot, so I just checked your Instagram <laughs> stories, and, and you said you had five whiskeys before coming on. So, uh, yeah. 
I don't know if it's because you're nervous or because you're like, ah, uh, screw it. No, I'm really nervous. <laughs> All right. With that said, Laura, you're kicking us off? All right. Yep. I'm doing it. So the first story is from Shannon. She is uh, run for I can't remember her handle, actually. Run for shenanigans. Yeah, that's one of the, the funniest handles I've ever seen. I love Shannon dearly. Just so you know, Shannon, I know you're going to listen to this. Um, so it's called Run for the Rescues. And here's the story. It'll be fun, they said. You'll raise money for a good cause, they said. Of course, to run with your dog. How awesome is that, they said. Georgia and I never ran a race together before, and we showed up enjoying the festivities and hanging out with other owners and their dogs, a very dog-oriented event. Announcements are made to head on over for the 5K, and excitedly, we make our way to the start. Okay, if you have a dog, you need to go to the back of the starting line. Wait, what? I thought this was why we were going to be here, for the dogs, and now you put us at the back. Oh, this is not going to do for my must-be-first-place dog. And this was the last moment of fun for me until the finish. I'm a rule follower, so we went to the back of the starting line. Bang. The race takes off, and like a rag doll, so do I. Georgia, nicknamed GTQ, which stands for Georgia Trouble Quinn, dug in deep. I'd have been impressed, even proud, if I didn't worry about losing my footing and eating concrete just to keep up with my leashed girl. Mile one, we made significant ground, from back of the pack to top third. You know that scene in Forrest Gump where he's playing football and sprints past everyone? Yeah, that was GTQ and me. I literally had to pull off to the side <laughs> of the course, <laughs> outside the cones, running parallel to and past everyone at a very scary pace. My expression was one of sheer terror and concentration. We got to make some comments as we sprinted past. Whoa, who's running who? Ha ha, it looks like you got your hands full. Hey, that's cheating. I still don't know if that was meant as a teasing comment or a pissed off one, but the guy did not look happy. <laughs> At mile two, we had one other dog ahead of us. They were not rule followers and started towards the front. We simply could not catch them the whole mile, but GTQ gave it her all. I'm sure she wanted one of two things, to be off leash or to have a faster owner. Neither was an option. We finally finished oh the God. race. GTQ sat down and drank a bowl of water. I thanked God I didn't sign us up for the 10K and went to go hang out <laughs> in the shade. Award ceremony started, and would you believe it, we went from back of the pack to winning second in my age group that day. And if they counted slash cared, technically Georgia also got second place dog. Tight, sore, and laughing to myself, I accepted one of my few podium finishes. Thanks, GTQ. Oh, that is so good. So ridiculous. Do you know what reminds me? Uh, I saw a video on Instagram, actually, of the dog and its owner, and the dog actually took off with the owner into a pond of water with the geese because it wanted to chase the geese, and it took the owner with it into the pond. <laughs> oh, God. Like, legitimately in the water. Actually, this dog <laughs> in particular <laughs> chases geese like crazy if you if you follow that account i mean that may have been she has many running with geese it might just be the same one it's it's unreal how ridiculous this dog is like shannon's amazing and if you follow her journey like she's come back from an injury and she just is so inspirational but the dog georgia is absolutely insane and shannon does a poop to mile ratio on her posts uh, when she's running Georgia, um, because typically Georgia's poops outweigh 
um, or outnumber the number of miles that they actually run together. So it's, oh my God. it's a pretty oh my funny God. account. You, have to, you don't follow it. <laughs> She's great. Well, this, it's amazing then that the dog's able to hold it in for this race. Oftentimes, our funny stories have to do with excess poop. Right. Not, not, not someone being able to, to hold it in a little bit. And when, you know, I, I also follow Shannon. I've seen you. You're right. She's great. And, but when I listen to this story, if I didn't know her, I envision like a four year old, like trying to like run with like a full grown, like a full grown golden retriever and just being pulled <laughs> along by the leash with their like legs flagging in the back. Oh my gosh. I mean, I wouldn't be able to hold on to this. This this is some true talent. I would just biff it. Well, also like so you you're first in your age group. Now does does the dog factor in to the age and do they count dog years for the age group awards? Right? Cuz this is this is a dog and a human award show, right? Oh, no. I mean, how, how, do you, how do you how do you do the math on this? I don't know. It just makes my head hurt. I don't need more beer. So I mean, regardless, like that that's just like that's winning in my book because like no. If if I had a dog and the dog took off on me, I'd be like peace. Like no. I, I wouldn't be able to do it. So props to her for being able to control her dog and, you know, keep a steady pace at the same time and win or something. Right? Is that how that works? You win with your yeah. dog running? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Good point. Good point. All right. So we're going to move on to the next audio recording. Uh, the first audio recording, I should say. This is from Lauren Flores at the Foodie Runner here on Instagram. Um, so Lauren, thank you for sending an audio recording, and here we go. Hi, Matt and Laura. It's Lauren from the Foodie Runner. Um, I am so excited to share my embarrassing story with you guys. Um, it took me a little while to settle on which story I was going to share because I've been running for 16 years, so there are a lot of embarrassing stories to share from along the way. Um, this isn't the the main story that I'll share, but even from the beginning, my very first uh, race that I ever ran was a mile on the track, and I had such a hard time that my mom took 10-year-old me to the pediatrician to get checked for asthma, and the pediatrician's diagnosis was she doesn't have asthma she's just out of shape after running me through all sorts of various tests and such so that right from the beginning of my running career um, was quite embarrassing and I'm honestly um, really proud of myself for continuing to run after that experience Um, I think I wanted to prove that doctor um, wrong and to get in shape and keep running Um, But the story that I really wanted to share today was the story of what happened after my first marathon. So I ran the LA Marathon when I was about a year out of college. Um, It's a downhill marathon, so it totally trashes your quads. I was a dumb rookie marathoner, of course, and went out way too fast. Didn't bring along enough fuel or even take in enough fuel. And so I just had a really rough time of it. I finished with a good um, finishing time, but I was just totally beat up at the end of that race. Um, And so my in-laws, we were a couple of months away from getting married, but my current in-laws, they decided to take my husband, my sister, her boyfriend, and I out for breakfast to celebrate. Um, And we went to this... um, famous breakfast pancake place in 
downtown L.A., um, and I was kind of um, having a hard time um, eating my breakfast. I thought it was going to taste so much better than it did, but I kind of had to take a couple bites, take a break, take a couple bites, take a break. Um, and I wasn't feeling good, so I told my husband I had to go to the restroom. And don't worry, I know where you're, where you're concerned this story is going, but there are no uh, bathroom issues to report. Um, the embarrassing part of the story just happens to happen in the restroom. So I go in, go to the restroom, um, but this isn't a bathroom that has stalls. This is a, a one solo person bathroom. And unfortunately, um, it was quite a large bathroom and the toilet was in the middle of nowhere. So um, me, 23 years old, having just run way too hard for probably 20 miles downhill and then slogged it for the last six, my quads are just totally trashed. I finished my business, and then I decided it's time to get up. Um, I had not brought my phone with me into the restroom, because personally, I just think that's kind of gross, and I could not get up. Um, my quads just were not working. There was no way I was standing up from that toilet seat unassisted. There was nothing in the, the vicinity of the toilet to grip onto, Um and I probably sat there for about five minutes contemplating my options, um, quite like like Brandon in the first installment of this series, um, just kind of stuck on the toilet. And I considered yelling out, but I didn't want to freak out anybody and realize that if anybody did come in to help me, then I would have no pants on, and that would be quite really, really awkward. So after five minutes of psyching myself up and trying to figure out if I could yell for help and decided against that. I I, uh, I did the only thing that was left to do, and I put my hands on the public toilet seat, um, and I pushed myself up, and um, and that was that. I went back to the table, told my husband, and he was he was uh, pretty grossed out. But I made it through, and luckily I've never felt that bad after a marathon ever again. Um, so to all you first-time marathoners out there, definitely uh, learn from me not to go out too fast and don't don't have to learn it yourself uh, by first-hand experience because nobody wants to touch a, a dirty public toilet seat. Thanks, guys. Oh, my God. I mean, if anyone has ever <laughs> run a marathon, they know that feeling after the fact, especially for – a first timer, right? Like the first time marathoner is like you you only train for the race, right? You don't train for how your legs are gonna feel after the fact and like game plan accordingly. I feel like everyone has been in that situation where like you're basically like paralyzed oh, yeah. for like a few hours after a race. Once you like set up camp, but like whatever like whatever like way you set your body for like over ten minutes after your marathon, like that's how you're going to stay. For an extended period of time. It's like full body cast. I I remember after my first marathon, and you just don't even think about, like, what body part's going to be affected. But, like, Lauren, my quads were just done. And so I had, like, gotten my post-race food, and then I was showering in the local Y. And it was my first marathon. So nobody told me about stairs. 
And oh my God, I had to walk downstairs to the locker room to shower. And it was the most excruciating pain I have felt in my entire life. And I was just screaming the whole way down because my quads were just on fire. So to get stuck in, in a bathroom, like you win, Lauren, because I would not want to trade you for anything. And also, this is like a story about like, it must be hard to be a runner and be like kind of like a germaphobe in oh. a way. Because, like, race day provides, like, a litany of things that would, like, send you over the edge. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah. Like, pre-race and post-race. <laughs> like, the they have porta <laughs> How do you even, like, go into a race that's, like, more than a mile away from your home if, like, you have trouble with that sort of sort of thing? And, like, Lauren is a fantastic runner. She's an elite runner for Rabbit. She's an Olympic trials qualifier in 2020. This girl is a stud. So when she says that after her first race... <laughs> That her, that her doctor, that her mom or dad took her to the doctors to see if she had asthma. And the doctor said, nah, she's just out of shape. I mean, that's like the funniest thing I've ever heard. It just means there's <laughs> hope for all of us. That's it? <laughs> oh, my God, right? Right, exactly. How many doctors have told us that our bodies are not made for to be running or that we're, you know, no, you don't have asthma. You're just out it's of perfect. shape. Yeah, no. Yes. That's that's exactly what I, I think. That, I think that's been my issue. I think I, I've always thought I had asthma. Little did I know I could be qualified <laughs> for the Olympics. This was like, the secret. <laughs> so all of us, all of us then can hope to uh, qualify for the Olympics somewhere in the near future. Then, unless right? you have asthma, yeah, unless you actually have asthma. From right. from non-asthma yeah, to OTQ, that's yeah, the goal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you actually have asthma, you're screwed. But if you're if you don't, then yeah, you're good. You're ready to go. Um, <laughs> But this is, like, such an odd story, too, because you have that situation where, like, if you're a germaphobe, you're, like, just, you're, like, you're just stuck. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, I can't even imagine a situation. Like, this, this reminds me of, was it Brandon who had the porta potty yes. story in part one? Yeah, we're, like, you're like, what do you do, man? Like, you don't know who's walking in that door if, like, you start screaming for help. Especially in a restaurant. <laughs> Forget about it. Gosh, I just laugh every time you snort. <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's like pretty much all of our work here. Either get stuck in a porta potty or a bathroom, and oh God, it just be in that much pain. Like, oh I God. mean, she has my tremendous respect for for Olympic trial qualifying, but for this and for touching the the toilet seat, oh, like, oh God, oh you win, God. Oh you win God. everything, Lauren. Yes, yes, you do. Do you think that at the, all the hand sanitizer yep, in the world? Exactly. Now, how much time do you think that adds onto your post-marathon shower if you have to start touching public bathrooms? At least, yeah, six, six hours. Six hours. Just yeah. <laughs> just you need to be sprayed down. You gotta scrub every layer of skin. You like spray down by like hazard control at that point. Just yep, play it exactly. safe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So like so, yeah. so like those people who have like the contamination suits yes. that get like showered yeah, down. Yeah, they do. But you have the yellow suits and everything that's <laughs> coming in, and they are stripping every layer off of you. God, you so, you. so you go into one of those showers just just without the suit. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's pretty much how I love it. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna yeah. go into. We got another story here. I'm gonna be reading this one. This is from Emily. Her Instagram is the Main Street Runner. If you listen to episode one of this, you know I'm not the best reader. Um, hence my <laughs> proclivity for all things audio. Um, but we're going to give this a go. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Emily, for sending this along. All right, here we go. 
A few years ago, I was training for a spring marathon through a long Vermont winter, as I seem to do every year without learning my lesson. As I was a member of a local gym at the time and headed there frequently for treadmill miles to escape the cold, the gym tended to have its quote-unquote regulars, but there was rarely competition for the machines. One day, I arrived at the gym and hopped on what appeared to be an open treadmill. There were several other treadmills available at the time. I got a mile or so in, and it was jamming to some music on my headphones when I felt a tap on my shoulder. There was a woman standing there next to me that I had never seen before. I'm wearing flannel, flannel pajama pants <laughs> and sneakers, apparently her, running, apparently her running outfit. I took off my earbuds and asked her what's up. She responded that I was on her machine and that she was using it. I responded that, uh, sorry, no, I was using it and that I've been running for 10 minutes. Not ready to back down, she pointed out that she left a People magazine on the monitor to, quote, mark her territory, and I didn't really want to debate gym etiquette rules with her, so I just kept running and said, sorry, put on my earbuds and put my earbuds back in. Then she proceeded to use the open treadmill right next to me, leering at me and very loudly hurling insults at me the entire time. Among other things, she said I was an effing thief, and I, quote, <laughs> sucked at running. <laughs> the other regulars witnessed this scene, gave me a sympathetic oh look, but no one came to my defense. I continued to run for a while, trying to avoid eye contact, finally unable to deal with the weirdness of the situation and not wanting things to escalate further. I cut my run short and scurried the heck out of there. Definitely the oddest gym experience I'd ever had and lesson learned for the benefits of running outside instead of the gym. Emily, this is classic. I don't even know where to begin, but I'm going to start, I'm going to start at the exit, um, just because we left off there. This is what I would have done at the exit, just to, like, match her hostility. I would have just walked over to her side of the, you know, left off the treadmill towards her, not even looked at her, not said a word, and just pressed stop. Uh, right on the treadmill. Oh, my God. Just the emergency yes, stop I was literally thinking the same thing. And just thing. walked out of the gym. Oh my god. <laughs> Mike yeah, that is so yeah. cold. I mean <laughs> you know, I don't I don't know any other I mean, maybe I'm sure there's people out there who would have a very reasonable way of approaching that situation. But I feel like if I got run off a treadmill by someone being that unreasonable, I'd be like, nah man, I'm good. You know, like the you know, like, my, my better angels can like stay inside right now. I got a, I got a different way of handling the situation. I mean, or you could have, like, you know, given her a droopy and just pulled her pants down on the, off the treadmill. I mean, she's wearing freaking flannel pajamas, for God's sake. I love that the flannel pajama pants aren't the first thing that you start with, Matt. She's wearing flannel <laughs> pajama pants at the gym. And sneakers. I mean, what? Maybe it's, maybe, you know, this, this could be, this could be a down. Vermont fashion trend, for all I know. <laughs> right? Ver yeah. Vermont cold, that could be a flannel thing. <laughs> So it wasn't really clear in the story. So did she just stay on the treadmill, right? Like she didn't give it up because that's what I'm most impressed with. Because I would have totally like been a pushover and backed out and just gotten on something else. But I think she stayed on the treadmill that she was already using. It sounds like she never yeah. actually broke stride. It's awesome. Like that's badass. No, she didn't. That's there. That is, you know, you do what you do and you do it well. So flannel pajamas. <laughs> Alright, so, so Laura, that's what you would have done when, yeah. when, when flannel kind of, you know, ambled over. I would have backed Tasha, down. Tasha, Tasha what, no, what would have you, you done? Laura, I've taught you better. I have taught you I know, better. Tasha, don't be mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
I love you. Got like your hostility is like amped up right now. You're you're excited. Flannel pajamas does not give you ownership over anything. Pajamas the at six a.m. in the morning. Well, as you'll hear from Tasha's funny running story later on, the pantsing is not surprising. So we're good. Like I, I totally get your reaction, friend. I I love this like claiming of the territory with like. With paper products. Like, it reminds me of, like, <laughs> going to a bar. So are we just going to start marking our territory by peeing on the panels, no. or is that... There you go. That, that, that certainly is a method of doing it. I don't know if it's the, the ideal <laughs> oh method, God. but I, it's almost, it reminds me of, like, going to a bar and someone, like, putting their, like, their coaster on their beer if they go to the bathroom. Oh, God. You wonder if it was, like, it's, like, some sort of, like, adaptation oh. from that. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. No. That's also, runners don't read magazines while they're running. I don't know. No, because we're running. We, like, we can't, no, like, we don't read. Occasionally, I will hear people, if they have an easy one, will read a Kindle, and they'll, like, put, like, the font on, like, super big, so it's, like, super big words. (laughs) Oh, God. Which is, like, which is an interesting move. I don't think I would do it, but I have a hard time reading when I'm not running, so that's that's a no-go for me already. Yeah. Which is, like, the whole idea of, like... Yeah, so props to those people that can do that i can't i can't do that so you know props to you just not you no, flannel pajamas. pajamas you're you done stop. you're done you know what tosh yeah. i feel like i feel like you're i feel like the menace is amped up you're ready to tell your personal running story do it do it <laughs> yes no okay 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 so last summer um this is my personal run story um i you know where i live um they obviously don't uh welcome um, running and cycling very much um, in the way of um, giving us our space when we're running on the streets. Um, sidewalks, you know, obviously, you know, cars aren't going to ramp the curb. You know, you may or may not have one or two. Um, but so I um, I was um, out for a run one summer, and um, so I um, was getting to a point where I was getting ready to c- come to an intersection, and um, I had the green light, but a car obviously was – um, in my pedestrian crosswalk area and, you know, me being very particular about the rules and the crosswalks being for walkers and runners and cyclers, whatever, whatever you have it. Um, I started carrying, uh, water with me when I run, especially on my long runs, but this particular run, um, my water use was for other reasons. And, uh, you know, so I get to the crosswalk and she's way over the crosswalk line. And, um, yeah, I, uh, (laughs) I let her know that by starting <laughs> so wait, was the window open or closed? Yeah, oh, it was God. open. Uh, <laughs> um, and it's totally fine. You know, obviously not on her end, but I'm sure I made my point known. Um, <laughs> you made, you made, you made, you made, uh, you made some <laughs> choice, along with some choice words uh, that, you know, she was not in her area of driverness whatever you want to call that um but you know y- you know we as runners we have to stick together like this is this is something we do and you know if it's a car over the crosswalk line then you squirt it with your water bottle oh That's how you fix it. i mean did you hit her like square in the face or tell us about like where where you where you, what happened after you hit her with the water i mean it was like a good it was a good squeeze of the water bottle you know like upper upper half um some may have splashed on her face some may or not may or may not have you know gotten on the you know whatever it i 
I kind of just did it because I didn't want to suffer the consequences. That's awesome. I can't even, I can't even I can't. believe this. I can't even believe it. Like, why? I mean, I'm serious. I just, it just, it gets to the point now where, you know, you, it, I, you, you just do what you do. You take care of your biscuits That's and true. you go, you know, I mean, do you seriously. Think, do you think she knows why she was squirted in the face? Um, because she's a moron. Do you think that was fixable? M- my reaction or her, her, her being a moron. Um, no. <laughs> That's not fixable. All right. So, all right. So hopefully, hope she'll back up on the crosswalk next time. I'm being, I'm being, I'm being, you know, mean, mean for funny reasons. I'm, I'm, um, but, you know, this actually reminds me, the first time I ran with one running group, one of the people who was the people, one of the runners in the running group was one of the best runners in the country back in 1980 and was about to qualify for the, I think she was like, it was the first year the women's marathon was part of the Olympic Games. And it was actually, the marathon was, the Olympics were in LA that year. And then, unfortunately, she got sick, like, right before the trials. And she'd been running super well, you know, was literally, you know, felt very good about qualifying for the Olympics, and then basically had to drop out of the race. Just sick. So, So anyway, that was like the prime for life. That's, that was back in 1979, 1980. So we go for this run. She's in her late 50s or so, early 60s, and probably late 50s. So we go for this run. I'm talking to her. She's like, it's like listening to like, it feels like setting like a radio. She like tells stories the entire time, these amazing running stories. And I'm just trying to keep up and listening with like rapt attention. And then the same thing. We're about to cross over to the bike path. This car, like, you know, kind of, like, peeks forward a little bit, gets in the crosswalk, and this, like, very slight woman, you know, again, in her late 50s, early 60s, runs, like, scoots in front of the car, who's about to peel out, goes in front of the car, and smashes her hand right into the, like, the front, like, not grill, but, like, the front of the car, leaves a dent. And basically drops an <laughs> F-bomb on the driver, telling him to back up, and then just keeps running. And I'm like, I'm like Good. agog at this point. I'm like, I what mean... just happened? Like, this yeah. was, like, the exact Seriously. opposite of what I expected on, like, her to do in that situation. No, that's awesome. And, like, in the words of Shailene, you just have to be like, fuck yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That is badass. Yeah. Seriously. No, good for freaking her, because seriously, like, God. <laughs> That just like I'm so yeah. pumped up right now to just go go out and run. Just go run. <laughs> Tasha, please don't do that. I have to caution you strongly. Come on, why do I bring you in over podcasts? Damn it! <laughs> don't do it. All right, so we're gonna dive into our next audio recording. This is my good friend Amber Schreiner, who's actually was one of the first people on the Rambling Runner podcast way back in the day. Um, by way back in the day, I mean, you know, nine months ago, um, whose IG handle <laughs> is running with Moxie. Amber is a hoot. She's great. And here's, here here's Amber's story. So this story is about gym etiquette. So I just wanted to share a story about how, you know, there's some things you should do and some things you shouldn't do when you're at the gym. Well, I uh, don't really use the gym for anything other than the treadmill once in a while. And one day I walked into the gym to use the treadmill and there was one lady in the gym on another another treadmill. She was looking down 
and she the there the TV was on and it had a cartoon on. It wasn't like Family Guy or Simpsons or something like that. It was uh Looney Tunes. So I just thought, well, clearly this lady is not, you know, watching this. First of all, she's looking down, and second of all, it's cartoons. So some kid was probably in here with their mom or dad or something, and they had the cartoons on for them. So I walked in, and without uh, asking if I could change the channel, which is what you're supposed to do with Gym Etiquette, I uh, reached for the remote, changed the channel, and uh, as I was as I was going through the channels trying to find something to watch, she jumped off of her treadmill and laid into me. I was watching that. What are you doing? Why would you come in here and just change the channel? That is so rude. Just started yelling at me and getting in my face and was super angry. So all I could do was, well, you'd think all I could do would be to apologize and to take the higher road and give her the remote and tell her to watch, you know, whatever it is that she would like. But instead, I got irritable and I was like, seriously, you were watching cartoons? That's all that I said. She was so mad she left. I still feel bad to this day about this because, first of all, gym etiquette, I should have asked and secondly, when she'd gotten mad about it, I should have apologized. But I just didn't really want to be messed with that day, and I thought it was pretty weird that she was watching cartoons. So anyway, that is my funny story about Jim. Thank you, Amber, for sending that in. I love I love the gym etiquette stuff, especially coming out of the winter. Um, and a lot of these people submitted their stories about a month and a half ago, so people were you know, kind of finishing up their winter running. And I love this gym etiquette stuff. I think I got to start with, first of all, kudos to this person for watching Looney Tunes. Am I the only one? I am so into this. I love Looney Tunes. I have two young kids. I wish they watched Looney Tunes. I instead am subjected to PJ Masks, Paw Patrol, the movie Sing, (laughs) and various other Disney stuff that I'm not that fond of. However, I would love for my kids to watch the Looney Tunes. This got me actually kind of excited. We're subjected to Mickey Mouse uh, Clubhouse and How to Train Your Dragon right now. So I would welcome Looney Tunes or, like, Animaniacs. Do you guys remember that show? Oh, Animaniacs! So good. Yes. So good. Oh, my God, yes. Yes. Um, I actually got Harper to watch um, Scooby-Doo. So we're on Scooby-Doo right now, which, yes, she loves Scooby-Doo. Um, and, uh, what was the other one? Oh, the <gasps> Ghostbusters. Oh, like the original. God, that's great. Like she, yes. And she, <laughs> yes. That's a good, yes. so that is a parenting. That's a good kid right there. Because, you know, oh. <laughs> all other <laughs> I, but I do love, I do love the move of just grabbing the remote and changing the channel. Because that is always a very, like, tricky thing. I, I travel a lot for work, so I'm in a lot of hotels. And the, the, the hotel gym, this is also a problem because there's always one it's always one TV. And, like, people can be doing a variety of different things. So you never know, especially if it's the news. You don't really, like, watch the news. You can just listen to it. Mm-hmm. You never know who's actually paying attention. It really is, like, it really is, like, almost like a, like a character test. Like, what do you do in that situation? You kind of, like, grab the bull by the horns, or you just kind of lay back? Well, we know what Tasha would do. Yeah. I would yeah. What? <laughs> Curveball. What the hell? 
Yeah, no, no. I'm a runner. Like, that's what I do. I run. I don't want to oh, race. So. <laughs> that's All fair. Right. That makes sense. <laughs> All right. How about you, Laura? What would, what would you do in that situation? What, what do, you, do you ask around? Do you, like, grab the, like, uh, the, the remote and see if anyone, like, bats an eye at you? Or what, what's, what's the move? I, I don't know. I would probably kind of, like, gesture, like, are you watching this? I don't think I'd want to actually talk to anybody. I would just kind of like motion. And then if nobody paid attention to me or looked at me like I was insane, I might change the channel. <laughs> I mean, I I may be a little more ballsy on this one, actually, because the, yeah, the no, I'm with you on that. It's like I can do it. And I did it a lot this winter because it was the only hill work that I really got in. It had a decline option. So that's why I was drawn to it. But but, yeah, I remember you telling yeah, me that. Yeah, so, like, the, there were, you know, there were TVs in there, and for the most part, like, I wanted to make sure, like, I was watching, if I was paying attention to it, I was watching something, like, worthwhile, um, and not just, you know, something ridiculous that, well, not Looney Tunes. I would have watched Looney Tunes, actually. That would have been awesome. Heck yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then... No, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you, Laura. I'm I, honestly like I'm not a TV watcher when I'm on the treadmill. Um, but if there and you know I have, you know enough uh, moxie to, um, you know ask around or just kind of change, I would do that. Which works because her running handle is or her Instagram handle is running with moxie. Exactly. Like what you did there. <laughs> Good point. Well done. Yeah, I think I think my move would have been like when my daughter tries to sneak desserts, she'll like. She'll just, like, keep making small moves towards <laughs> the, like, location wherever that dessert happens to be. Like, she'll just kind of, like, she'll make a move, and she'll, like, look back. Like, kind of, like, side-eye me, see what I'm doing? And I feel like that would be my move. Like, I, like, move towards the remote. Is anyone looking? All right, I grab it. Anyone looking? Now, like, point it to the TV. Anyone looking? Like, press the first button. Anyone looking? And I feel like I would go through, like, the full stages, like my daughter trying to, like, sneak a cookie. Matt, I will pay good money to, like, have you record this at a gym and watch it. I need to see what you would do. This is amazing. Like, I just see him doing that, like, roll on the ground. Like, like, sneak attack. Yeah, that's also a good move. I yeah, just like get, get it like, like when you like an army roll and then what like, like like all of a sudden like the remote's the gun just like make the move. Yes, exactly. It's adding cardio. Right it's good. The it's good for you. I I think we should all just try it once and see what oh, happens. Make it a cardio thing. Oh yes. Like, do that. So treat the remote like a kettlebell and then like swing it up to change <laughs> like, the channel. Stop, drop, and roll with a kettlebell. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Let's do that. Laura, all right, I'll that. I'll figure it out tomorrow. Right now I'm drinking beer, so. All right, Laura, speaking of you, I think it's time for you to submit your funny oh run story. Okay. So I thought of this after the last podcast, and it's another story from when we lived in Kansas when I was first starting to run. So I was probably a couple years into it, and I think – I don't remember what I was training for exactly, but I was starting to, to really get a little bit faster, and I was excited about it. So I headed out on a new route. And there happened to be um, a couple of dogs that were unleashed, and they came running out to me, and they were really friendly, and I kind of paused a little bit. And the owner came out, and he recognized me from running around the country uh, side a little bit, and he was like, hey, do you mind if I join you? And I'm like, sure, why not? It seems it seems legit. Like, if you say you're a runner, and at that point I was like 25 or so, like, I was just kind of like, Screw it. Like, nothing bad is going to happen. It was, you know, small town Kansas. So we're running, and he mentions that, 
oh, there's been like a, like a mountain lion or a bobcat or something in the area recently. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, makes sense, blah, blah, blah. And we're running about like an eight-minute pace. And then he kind of fumbles his arms a little bit, and he pulls out a gun. What? And he's like, yeah, that's why I carry this. And that's when I dropped him about a 7.30 pace and took off. <laughs> I was like, um, okay, bye. This was really fun, but let's not do this again. Because that was terrifying. He went to my church, by the way. I thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah, but, but that's the story of how I really broke my um, eight-minute pace and dropped into the seven. So. All right. I, 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 can smell, I can smell a coach's corner coming. Yes. We need... If you listen oh, to this podcast and you're God. a coach who uses guns to motivate your athletes, we there need to get you on the show. This sounds like a wonderful motivational tactic. <laughs> oh, God. Just popping caps <laughs> all over the track. I mean, it was just, it oh was really God. one of the situations where I was like, do I laugh or cry? Like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Why do you have a gun? Should I cheer or cry? Because I don't know if I'm going to die Basically, or if I'm going mean, to let's, let's be honest. This is like small town, rural Kansas. Like, it is not uncommon to have a gun. But while you're running, like, I just was, I had no idea what I was dealing with. And I was like, yeah, um, I'm going to go now, I think, because I don't want to be around <laughs> you anymore. Wow. So, so, so was it awkward the next time you went to church um, for you? I avoided, I avoided <laughs> eye contact. Yes. Did um, you like? Did you accentuate the peace be with you? At the we, end of we did not. We did not sit next to each other, Matt. Do not even assume that. She, she pulled out her, a gun of her own. She's like, "What's up, bro? Yeah, you like, wanna go? Yeah, you just like, like. I guess mine's bigger. Oh my god. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, damn! This is a missed opportunity. <laughs> That would have been that would have been the best way to end that story. Oh, I agree. Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> oh that's great. All right, so we're gonna dive into the next audio story. This comes from Caitlin Germain, whose IG is C Mom. I'm sorry. Yeah, C Mom, run fast. Caitlin actually showed up to the um, our Boston meetup uh, yes. for the Boston Marathon. Uh, I know so nice. Yeah, she's so nice, and she is such a good runner. I know she's dealt with um, various things. Some people come back from injuries and um, and having children and kind of dive right back into their training. For others, it's harder. I know Caitlin has, has dealt with that over the past year. Uh, I know she's working hard to get back to her, to her former self from a running perspective, but we're not worried about that right now. We're talking about funny stories. So thank you, Caitlin, for submitting this story, and here you go. Hi, my name is Caitlin Germain, and I am on Instagram as the handle CMomRunFast, and this is my funny running story for the Rambling Runner podcast. It was a pretty hot day, so I had spent the day hydrating really, really well. I gave myself a really, really big buffer so that I could get to this race with plenty of time so I could elevate my legs, register for the race, and, you know, just relax and get myself in a good mental space to have a really, really good performance. So I'm driving, and as expected, I hit some traffic, and I hit some more traffic, and then I hit some more traffic, and this big buffer is getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and all that hydration that I had done is really starting to weigh on my bladder, and I'm on the Zakem Bridge with no exit in sight, and the cars really aren't moving. I hear ambulances places, fire trucks places, and I'm just like, 
I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know how long I was actually stuck in traffic, but it was a very long time. And we're moving, but I think we're moving because people are exiting, not because the traffic's actually moving, but I am nowhere near an exit. I am not getting an exit anytime soon. And I'm now at this point literally sweating what seems to be urine out of my body because I have to pee so bad. I've got like this short little Nissan car and I'm surrounded by two pickup trucks so they can see right into my window, but I have no choice. I have to pee. I have to pee so bad. So good thing I have a Nalgene bottle. I dumped the water out of the Nalgene bottle because God knows I cannot fit any more water in there. And I pee in the bottle. The process was so complicated and very difficult to just do that when it feels so wrong, but I had to do it. There was no choice, so I did it. I just did what I had to do. We're runners. We just do what we need to do, but I'm still stuck in this traffic. I called my coach, and I just had to ask him, is there parking? I need to know if there's parking, because if there's no parking, forget this, because parking in Boston can take a whole nother hour. And in the most Boston accent ever, my coach responds, yeah, clock, there's definitely parking. You just got to get here. Don't worry about it. There's parking everywhere. There's a big, big lot here. Perfect. I've got parking and the traffic's starting to move. No problem. At this point, though, I'm so late for the race that as I'm getting closer to it, I realize that they have shut down the road so I cannot get to the parking lot. And then I remember that this course is basically a run through parking lots and then an out and back. So I drive right to the turnaround and I park my car at the cone at the turnaround. So there's a police officer there, of course, and he's waving around. You, you can't park here. There's a race going on. You can't park here. You need to move your car. And I'm like, I know there's a race here. I need to be in the race. I'm supposed to be running. And he responds, you're never going to make it. It's a mile down the road. You got like seven minutes. And I look back at him and I was like, good thing I can run a mile in seven minutes. But I haven't even tied my shoes yet. I had slipped my shoes on as I parked. And I am booking it across the fields, jumping over fences, and just hustling down to the start line. If I had a GPS watch back then, I would have guessed that this was my fastest mile of the day because God knows I was tired in the last mile of the race. But I'm still, I'm sprinting. I can hear the announcer telling me the race is going to start soon. I haven't registered yet, but at this point, I've committed way too much time, sat in way too much traffic. I peed in a freaking bottle. I am getting to that starting line. I can see the start and everyone is lined up and I hear the gun go off and I am not there yet. But then I remember that at this race, there's a wheelchair starts. So I know from previous years that I have exactly one minute from the start of the wheelchairs to the start of the official race. So I get there just in time to tie my shoes and then the gun goes off and my adrenaline is pumping so much. I am booking it right out to the front. Of course, I didn't stay there for long. I ended up finishing unofficial third place, but uh, it was a good story. I know banditing is frowned upon quite a bit these days, but I had parked my car, so I wasn't even there for very long. I had to run back to the police officer, so no one even knew I was there. No one knows I bandited the race. No big deal, right? 
Ironically, the first photo feature I've ever had in the New England Runner magazine was me running the Jim Kane Sugar Bowl, completely numberless, unregistered, and a bandit. It was a good memory of the time I had to pee in a bottle on the Zakem Bridge and give my keys to a police officer parking my car illegally and racing faster to the race than I did in the race. So the three takeaways here, especially as the Boston Marathon approaches, are as follows. One, always carry a Nalgene bottle with you. Two, never trust Boston traffic. Three, never trust Boston parking. I hope you enjoyed this story. And thank you, Matt, for giving me the opportunity to tell it. Caitlin, this is great. Um, as much as I love this story, and I, and I do like 100%, I love the Boston accent more. That is that Boston accent is like worthy of you being having your own podcast, like the Boston accent podcast. Maybe some voiceover work. I don't know, but it's fantastic. I like had to re-listen to that story. It's, it's like cracks me up every time. She deserves whatever Oscar version of like a podcast award goes out for best accent because I love it so much. Oh yeah, it's like <laughs> I think about the movie. Remember the movie Departed? Yes, but it's been a bit. Yeah, so, like, Jack Nicholson's in that movie. Mm -hmm. Leonardo like, DiCaprio. Yeah, so yeah. his Boston accent is the worst. And so is Martin Sheen's. Caitlin, you need to, like, be in that movie, like, part two. Like, I did, you're, like, you're, 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 your normal accent to Boston accent ratio is at a very, very high level. With that said, peeing into a water bottle for a woman, I don't have experience with this, obviously. This seems like a very difficult task. Tasha, like, I don't, I don't know what you think, but um, I wouldn't be able to handle yeah, it. Yeah, no, like, my four-year-old can barely make it in the potty in general. <laughs> so I'm not kidding you. There have been numerous accounts where we have taken her to the bathroom and she's <laughs> out of the toilet. So for her to be able to shoot it into a water bottle, no. props you, dude, because my four-year-old, like, no. I, and Like, no. Like, I, no, dude. That how? takes talent. I mean, I don't. I don't get it. I just, I wouldn't be able, no, no. I, there's not enough, I don't have the words to properly articulate my shot. You'd have to give me a you funnel. Have to, you'd have to you give me a funnel. You'd have to give me a funnel. The logistics and your mechanics, no, no. I'm sorry. I couldn't do it. Oh, God. I mean, I mean like, you. Being a badass runner and then being able to pee in a bottle on top of that, you are the human female version badass. For sure. And also, like, this is, like, a better illustration of her athletic ability than, like, her PR. It's like, true. I was able to do this in the car. Like, what? What, are you, what other yoga shit can you do? Like, this is like, insane. And truly, it's like, I had a, a friend recently tell me that she was stuck in traffic, and she, like, she had to do this, essentially, into, like, bottles or cans i wasn't sure which one but she had to switch out multiple times like three times and didn't spill a drop oh my god How? yes exactly like, like, like dumb and dumber oh <laughs> my god no because i remember when i've had to go to the bathroom so bad and i've literally run stop signs in my neighborhood because i'm like there's no freaking way like multiple stop signs to get to my house to go to Tasha, the you just so, squirted water I was gonna in say. somebody's freaking face because of violating <laughs> traffic laws and you're running stop signs. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Oh my god. <laughs> and she sucks. Okay. No, let's just let's just hope there weren't any runners either. Yeah, no she doesn't <laughs> say pedestrian. No, <laughs> <in the> cars. <laughs> 
look, also, this is... Oh. When I meant run, I meant on my legs, not... But yes, no, in a car. I'll tell you what. This, I, another part about this story that I loved was... This harkens back to part part one, too, where we had people getting to late to races late and then basically running to the finish starting line as their warm-up. And this seems to work pretty well as a warm-up opportunity. Dude, I did that. Remember, Laura? Wait, what did you do with my warm-up at uh, Rock CF was running to the start line with you, and then the gun went off? <laughs> Oh God! Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mark, yeah, was Mark not wasn't happy. very happy with you. And then no, I was, was kind of just happy. like, and I PR that kind of like, yeah, thirty-four minutes. I had a thirty-four I'm minute. I'm not PR. your athlete, so I'm okay. But <laughs> poor Dasha. <laughs> I'm like, well, Mark's just gonna have to live with this. <laughs> <laughs> poor Mark Bonhorn. Another another rambling runner podcast. Yes. <laughs> well, this is great. So also, I I love the cop. At the at the turnaround, who basically dares Caitlin to make the to make the starting line, like where like, I always <laughs> wonder like how does, does Caitlin make it if the cop doesn't basically challenge her running speed? It's true. Sometimes you just need that push. Like you just need somebody to just you know say maybe you're not fast enough to make it, and then hey, there's your warm up and you're good to go. Yeah, and then that yeah, warm up. She know, be, because... just, she's basically like, you know. Um, What's the word? What do they call it with those people who are like doing all this crazy like walking stuff where like they do like tricks? It's like free walking or free running. You know, parkour. She's basically parkour, parkouring yeah. it to the starting line. Oh, yeah. Well, and you know, you're already like a lot of times you're already stressed out. So, you know, that mentality. And then to have that like someone to like kind of motivate you to push you like the cop, you know, that that's kind of like, okay, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm going to get there. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's that added extra strength or push that you need to get there. Exactly. Exactly. All right. I think we've all been late for a race, like, once or twice or several times. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I get this. <laughs> I feel you, Caitlin. There you go. All right, Tosh, you ready to read your story? Uh, all right, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, my story is from Brandon, running for miles and miles. Um, this comes from my first winter of running in 1998. There was, um, there was a pending cold front coming in. It was drizzling, but still warm outside. My thought process was to get out there and get my run in before the temperature drop, the temperature dropped and the roads iced over. I'm wet from the drizzle. The temperature drops and it begins to ice. I ran in shorts because it was 38 degrees when I started and I like to run in shorts. I get back home and my my shorts were iced on. I couldn't get them on. <laughs> my parts underneath are not only freezing, but also frozen to my skin. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this was tongue on a frozen <laughs> Except, remind, let me remind all of you guys that this wasn't his tongue. This was his, you know, parts. Wait. Later, I'm sitting in front of a heating cube. No, yeah, his God, Tasha, we did not need the disclaimer. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it wasn't tongue frozen cold. Frozen parts on shorts. <laughs> Twenty minutes later, I'm sitting in front of a heating cube, trying to slowly thaw my shorts off. If only I had to pee, I could have defrosted faster. I was afraid to use water like a shower because I thought if my body temperature was low, it would freeze up on me worse. Lesson learned here. Beware of icy precipitation oh and direct a lot of layers. 
I, I don't, um, Matt, why don't you beat us off? I don't, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> if, if for no other reason, then how does this just come to your attention after the race? Oh it's not God. as if, I you mean, know, things you are would, happening you during know, a run right? that you would think would precipitate some sort of knowledge about what's happening down there. Right. right? You'd be like, oh, man, like, this is starting to sting in a very abnormal way. Oh, this is really starting to hurt. Like, what's going yeah, on? But at what point do you say, like, I'm, I'm running, like, I'm finishing this race, so parts are going to stay frozen because I'm not a quitter. So, stuff free is that you know i don't really crap i don't know i mean what part of your run do you just say like enough that is part. enough like that part yeah <laughs> that's the part that's the part where you say enough is enough i think they say that there's a fine line between being crazy and insane and i think this is this is probably somewhere along that line. I, I, I'll tell you which, oh which side God. I think it's on. But it's, uh, I um, I would be, I think that there's, there's a terror element uh, to this story that I think Brandon, um, you know, tried to leaves out a little bit here. I know that I would have experienced it. Um, that, uh, that initial fear of, like, is this, like, you know, a frostbite slash amputation situation? <laughs> right? Like. Like I, you know, if, like if my tongue was stuck to a pole for twenty minutes, oh my god, I would be like, oh my god, like in what is it? A yeah, story? I mean, I would be like, <laughs> all right, like, is this getting? Is this part like the is like uh, part of the language here? Is the tip getting cut off now? Oh shit, uh, of the tongue. <laughs> I mean, um, because you have to basically oh say, like, what, am I cutting bait here? I mean. Well, let's just look at it this way. If you're not circumcised, oh god, no. well, oh, <laughs> some wiggle room, so to speak. Shit. <laughs> I mean, I can't relate to this. Obviously, if I had like a finger swell, winter race one time, and all I could think was, well, you know, for some reason, Laura, yeah, a finger. It was a finger. But for a me, finger. it was like. If I, for some reason, something's happening and it has to get amputated, I could still run in the future. Whereas if this had to be amputated, oh my god, you could still run. I don't know. Really run. Have, like, you could still run. I don't. Uh, could you? Yes. Just put it, just put it That's true. Your... That is not how it works. <laughs> running, running would still be doable. There's other physical physical activities that would be threatened. But yeah, running would still be a possibility. Oh, There's just so much to go off of here, and I can't even like deal with it. I say, oh God, Brandon! Brandon is great for these this area of the body type stories. He's submitted yes. two stories, <laughs> um, part one and part two, and I tell you, he's brought it both times. It's true, uh, <laughs> Brandon. I'm afraid yeah, for funny stories part three, what Brandon might submit because he seems to be escalating. It really is in a way. I feel like me and Brandon need to go head to head. Oh, oh God! There you go. This is like, it's like, it's just like funny story version, of shot for shot. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's great. All right, that's gonna do it for us, Laura, Tasha. We've been doing this for almost an hour. It's felt like ten minutes. Thank you so much for coming on and joining me for doing this episode. Yes, thank you so much. This was a blast, Tasha. You're ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> 
just also, ridiculous. There you yeah. go. The snorts, the snorts make the show. I have to say. <laughs> Thank you so much. Matt. If anyone thinks these these were not edited in, I'm not savvy enough to be able to do that. Um, actually, Laura, oh, from what I understand, you've been heckled here during the taping of this episode. Oh yes. So I uh, want to give a. A special shout-out to Mother Runner Mel, who has been texting me throughout the show and saying hello to everybody um, for us recording and for all the listeners. Hi from Mel. You are ridiculous. And that is really all I have. So many text messages. Oh, I love So her. great. She's great. Of course, she's missing from these. We did not receive a funny running story from Mel. Yeah. Maybe next time. Mel, yeah, what's Mel. up? Come on, yeah. Mel. Pretty offended by that, Mel. Come on, you've got you've got plenty for us, I'm sure. Plenty. She runs plenty of miles. So there's oh, yeah. things that happen, and she's in Florida, right? I feel like every funny story on the news is from Florida. Like she, true. She, she's able to oh bring my it. God. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. This is gonna end this version of Funny Running Stories Part Two, but if you're into it, we can always do Part Three. Let us know what you think. You can always email me at the Rambling Runner Podcast at gmail.com. And or leave comments. We post it on Facebook and or Instagram. Thank you again and happy running. Thank you, Laura and Tasha, for coming on the show. This was so much fun, uh, at least for me. I hope you loved it as a listener. Thank you for sticking around and listening to the whole episode. I really appreciate it. And if you like the show, feel free to share it, to give us a shout. Uh, I hope you like what you hear. Uh, I know sometimes there might be parts that maybe you weren't a big fan of um, because some of it isn't for everybody, but hopefully on balance, you'd like this episode. I will say one thing uh, in regards to Caitlin Germain's story. Um, obviously, it was not her intention to bandit that race. And while um, you know we don't advocate banditing any races here at the Rambling Runner podcast, uh, I do think it's a really good story. All, uh, you know, we take everything into account um, and Caitlin is a friend as well so we definitely wanted to include it but just one quick reminder don't abandon any races we're not for that um, but obviously Caitlin uh, is a strong member of the running community uh, actually locally here um, she's from Massachusetts I actually met her at the Boston Marathon recently even though she wasn't running she was involved uh, with what was going on and I just want to throw that out there I know in the past we've had people mention abandoning races again you know, the people who brought it up in the past, they weren't fans of it. And I did get some feedback every once in a while. I'm not advocating that. Please understand that. But sometimes it can be part of a funny story. And hey, this so, this episode is all about laughing. So uh, I hope you love it. And if you do, feel free to share it. Also, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. You can follow me on Instagram, rambling underscore runner, and also the Facebook page as well. And as always, um, you can get exclusive content on my Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash rambling runner. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash rambling runner. Thanks again and happy running.